Start off a little bit different this morning. Uh, our lead pastor, Tim Pastor's not uh, Tim Rogers, isn't here this morning, so we thought we could do this guy stuff. No, yeah, it is going to be a little different morning here this morning, a little different format, and I hope that you extend some grace to that here as well. We're excited about it, and I'm looking forward to it. Um, it's Labor Day weekend. It's uh, here we are. You know, we take a, a day off to celebrate working. That doesn't seem to make sense. I, a couple years back, I went to a, uh, f- um, a local church, had a seminar, uh, workshop on fasting. And at one of the breaks, they had this like spread with like all this like donuts and all kinds of stuff. It's like, eh, I think we might have missed the mark here a little bit, guys, here. But only in Lancaster County, you have, uh, yeah, have that going on. But uh, excited about today, excited about the opportunity to, to just sit back a little bit and, and look at work and look at how our faith and how our relationship with God um, works together and intertwines with the workplace. I'm excited about that. You know, sometimes we kind of get into this, the groove and just all the to-do lists, all the demands that need to happen, and sometimes we just, we lose intentionality. Um, we kind of drift into the, just the routine of things, and so this morning we wanted to take a break, stop, and kind of look at, at work and uh, the blessing that is, the excitement that is, and some of the aspects that work gives us and to be able to, to spend some time in that. Um, we spend half of our waking hours at work. Um, so that is either depressing or it is exciting, depending. But it's a lot of our energy. It's our, it's, a lot of times it's our best uh, times of the day, most productive and thought-wise and all that, um, of our awake hours. And even in our lifetime, too, it's the most productive times uh, we spend in the workplace. And so we wanted to focus on that a little bit and make sure that we're intentional and purposeful in that. The, uh, this morning, the foundational thought that I want to kind of lay out there that is, is that workplace, the workplace and work provides a common ground environment that's either going to break down or reinforce the stereotypes of a Christian. It's a common ground environment. When the boss comes out and says, hey, things are slow and we're going to have to lay you off, you know, we're going to have to shut the plant down next week because, you know, we're slow. That affects everybody, whether you're of faith or whether you're not of faith. And everybody is reacting to that moment uh, and to that news. And everybody, it's a common ground thing. Everybody is shared in that. And as if, if there's a, a, someone who is new to the faith or wanting to explore the faith, they're seeing the Christian and seeing how are they responding to this. And, and is that the, what, does that reinforce a stereotype that they're um, judgmental or they're a hypocrite or does it break it down? And so the workplace environment provides that opportunity naturally. And so it's very, I believe it's very important that we're very intentional about how we view our, our role in the workplace. Um, actions speak louder than words. You've heard that said before, and I think it's true in today's culture maybe more than ever. From a business perspective uh, and advertising perspective, it used to be that print was king. Um, other things mattered, but print was king. You, you, you had a great, um, you know, you had the yellow pages, you had newspaper articles, you had magazine stuff. That's where people decided whether they were going to use you as a business or not, print. That then moved to 
image-driven and emotion-driven. Um, in the cabinet industry that I came from, you know, you, would, you needed to have a great website at that time because that's what people viewed and judged whether they were going to do business with you based on your website. And you needed to have a picture of a family that just looked like they were just perfect. Didn't even have to have a kitchen in it. That didn't matter. It's, as long as it had a perfect-looking family, it's like, that's what I want. That's the satisfaction that I want. That's what my family should look like. I'm emotionally engaged. I'm going to buy a kitchen from them. And then we're seeing this move um, towards with that social media really brought around is relational. It's, it's, all right, hey, I'm looking for a plumber. You put it online on Facebook, within 20 seconds, you have 30 recommendations from your friends of who to use. You use one of those. And then it's usually a, how they come and how they interact with you in the relationship, what it feels like, and you were happy with them, and, and now you use them, and they're your plumber. Um, so this relational aspect is extremely important in today's culture, that our actions, what we do in the workplace, affects more than what we say. And guys, we see it here at church as well. It's, it hits right here. Lord, we, we, can, we can say every story matters. It's a great line that we have. We can put it on the front of our program. We can make mugs up. We can put it on our website. We can even make t-shirts that say every story matters. We did. But what trumps all of that is how we act in our workplace, how we act on the nine to five, how we act out there. If we say every story matters, but we don't live it, they're going to, you know, that's a Christian. He, he says that, but it doesn't, it's not true. So it is, it is very, very important that we are intentional about our workplace, uh, that we're intentional about our time uh, there. Statistics tell us that over a third of the people in the workplace never plan to attend a church. A third of the people in the workplace never plan to enter a church. Going to church also now is not the first step. When somebody is thinking, hey, I, I, you know, there's something about the spiritual stuff that I want to kind of maybe engage in. Used to be, well, go to a church. It's not now. It's relationships. Who do I know that is, claims to be a Christian? I want to talk to them. Um, we're going to be looking at this whole dynamic a little bit more. Derek Slayball and I will be teaching a class here starting in the, the middle of October through the November on this transitions that culture, that today's society kind of goes through in becoming a follower of Christ. And that's one of the, the first steps, really, I'm a little, just, you know, throwing it out here ahead of time, is do I trust them? Do I trust the person? Do I trust the Christian that what he says is true? So it is very, very important, um, and I'm excited this morning to kind of dive into it a little bit and look with you. Decide this, uh, there's going to be like four aspects of work that uh, we're going to kind of talk about here this morning. I thought that it would be interesting to not just share my perspective. Um, for all you women, you'll probably say thank you. You know, I, I can't speak a lot to the mother, you know, how that works with kids and all that environment. So I didn't feel like I was too qualified to speak to that. And I thought that you guys would probably be pretty bored with kitchen cabinets. Like, it's not that exciting of a, of a thing there. So it's like, you know, let's get some friends, get together, sit around the table, throw out a poll on social media and just kind of have a conversation about this. So it's going to be a very 600,000 foot level view on worship. But I, I hope that we leave, uh, my intent is that we leave just with the importance of, man, my job matters. And I, I, this is huge. We talk about awakening in our nation. Um, and this, this is really how it comes, is this relationships and the importance and the blessing that we have 
to, to share in, the, in work together. So, without further ado, I'd like to invite two friends up here, Derek Slayball and also Shirley Mask, um, if they would join me here this morning. Um, most of you, if you've attended here, you know these guys. If you're not, you should know them. They're great guys. Uh, Derek Slayball, a good friend of mine. Um, once you meet Derek one time, you know him, pretty much, I think. Um, gift of encouragement, uh, huge. Um, he is just a blessing to me, personally, and just a fun guy to be around. So thank you, Derek. Thank you, Greg. Thank you for being here. Um, a meat slayer, you know, yeah. <laughs> in your, your life. I mean, this guy knows his meat. You know, retail clerk, deli manager, stand assistant manager, stand manager, general manager of operations, kind of does it all. Yeah, food truck guy, you know, that's <laughs> pretty awesome. All, all of the above. above. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Greg. And we have uh, Shirley Mast. And if you are on any kind of social media, you don't need to know what she does because you already do. She does a good job with that. That's a good, that's a, it's meant to be a compliment. Well, I think, and you're, I'll you're take it that way. doing that well, yes. But there are some things that you might not know about Shirley. I asked her for her work history, and she's like, really? You know, yeah, uh, she invented electricity. Um, <laughs> well, oh, this well, is going to get uh, ugly yeah, really see fast. see how this is going to uh-huh. uh-huh. yeah. yes, yes, uh-huh. yes, This uh, is what happens when I'm up here with younger guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. On the Mayflower, she was a, no. Uh, just, no, no, I'm sorry. Uh, yes. For those that are listening to the recording, we are friends, so if you hear any of this, it is a good thing, not a bad thing. So I apologize for those that are joining us online because you're like totally confused uh, at this point. Um, yeah, but motel maid, I, don't, I would not have known that, nursing assistant, you know, uh, kitchen staff at a, at a lunch truck, so you guys have some common ground there. Um, radio DJ. That was really fun. Did not know that. Yeah. <laughs> See? Yeah. Registered nurse, labor and delivery. Home educator with the kids. Three boys here. One of them here. Um, and yeah, now a certified health coach and, and working in the whole mentoring uh, large groups of, of other leaders and stuff. So uh, exciting to have you here. Um, I've invited those guys to, to um, speak from just different levels of their life, not just, okay, here's where I'm at now and here's how I view this, but maybe a little bit of like, yeah, man, when I was at that entry-level position in this job, this is how I felt about that thing and this is what I went through. So I'm hoping that we can kind of to reach a broad uh, breadth of, of topic and, and viewpoint uh, in that way, and, and they have a great um, story of that. I also want to just... Uh, just publicly can thank you guys for doing this. Mm-hmm. I'm that's just that's here huge. for the coffee. Yeah, I am yeah. too. Yeah. Mine, mine's not very strong. <laughs> it's, it's called water. <laughs> but it looks cool, doesn't it? I mean, it's like... <laughs> it's a great prop. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I was in small groups with both of these guys in different seasons. Uh, we weren't in one together, but we were in different seasons of life uh, together. And just a small plug for small groups. What a great time to get to know people living life together. Uh, and you, you really get beyond the handshake of a Sunday morning uh, and even a Sunday school class kind of thing of, of really just living life together. And, and so from that perspective, when we came this morning, I, I know a little bit about some of the journey and some of the seasons of their lives because of being in a small group with them that I'm like, man, that is really cool. I love um, both of you um, aren't, you step into fears. And it's not a matter of, oh, there's no fear there and I'm just reckless and I'm just jumping in because I don't care. It's like, no, I know there's a fear there, but I'm still gonna take that step. And both of you guys have modeled that well for me. Um, And also just your intentionality for relationships, that there's more to just 
doing the test, getting her done. Um, relationships are important, and you guys both embody that so well. And I've just really appreciated that. You didn't know I was going to do that. Nope. I'm going to pump you guys up. Here, <laughs> That's very sweet. I know. Yeah. I'm glad I came today. We have today. tissues in the first aisle or something here anyway. But so anyway, let's jump into this thing. We have uh, four kind of areas and topics that I kind of wanted to just throw out there uh, and kind of get it going. So let's, let's, let's get this thing rolling. You guys ready? Let's do yes. it. All right. Well, the first one is financial security. And that one, um, the Bible, it's kind of, this one's interesting for me because the Bible doesn't really nail this one down. It kind of speaks on both sides of this one. On one, one side, uh, you have the consider the ant. You know, they work hard, consider, you know, take care of your family. If you don't, you know, it's terrible. You're a terrible person. Um, you know, if you're going to build a tower, make sure you have enough. Be a good steward. Um, and then yet there's verses on the other side that are like, well, but consider the lilies of the field. Mm-hmm. You know. They don't seem to care, you know, and consider the birds of the air, and man, God loves you so much more than them, and, you know, and how do we, we just sang the, the, uh, the, the song, Christ is Enough. He's everything I need. Mm-hmm. I'm, I th- thank you, Ben, for doing that for the offering while we're, you know, you're, you know, if you really mean that song, you should have gave your life savings, because Christ is all you need, so thank you for that fun drive there, Ben. Appreciate that as a church. Um, but yeah, so there's this whole tension between how do I know I'm making enough. Am I making enough? How do, what does financial security really look like? Should I be doing 401k? Shouldn't I be, you know, how do you store for treasures in heaven, but yet be a good steward? Um, so before we turn it over to you guys to kind of get some of your thoughts, uh, let's roll through the poll. We ran a poll here um, on social media. And the first question that we had was, I wish I didn't have to work. And yeah, my eyesight can't read that, so I'm going to have to turn as well. Um, yeah, and guys, feel, feel free to jump in on this stuff here. Um, the, yeah, I wish I didn't have to work. I was really glad it started to move this way a little bit. Uh, for those in the back, 60% roughly are like sometimes I wish I didn't have to work. Uh, 24% are like rarely. Uh, and 20% are actually honest and saying honest, you know, <laughs> I, I wish I didn't have to work. Um, when this poll first started, I was really nervous because there was like no one saying I wish I didn't have to work. And I'm like, <laughs> Really? Mm-hmm. Guys, come on, let's be serious. Mm-hmm. Or irritating people like me responded and said, I love my job. Yes, I love this. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's no, like you're not nobody wants to giraffe. hear that, right? Yeah. yeah. No, mm-hmm. you aren't. Yeah. So, um, but then the second follow up was that I, I feel like I make enough money. And I was surprised here again. Uh, yep, I'm good. You know, 50% of people, yep, I'm good. Uh, you know, 45 was like, I, I could use a little bit more. Um, not a lot, just a little bit more. And then, you know, two, I think, honest people were like, I need more money. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, guys, the, the question I want to throw to you to get this thing off is, is how do you define or how have you defined or is there anything that's been helpful in defining that line of I have enough? Shall I dive in? Okay. Well, this is an interesting thing to think about, and, and thank you for the opportunity. I'm really, really looking forward to this, and I hope you guys find it to be helpful. Um, I think, well, you heard my my work history, you know, everything from motel maid to some other positions that didn't pay particularly well. And I have found it to be really useful in my life to apply that teaching in, which book is it that Paul says, you know, that I've learned, learned in every, yeah, thank you, in every situation to be content. The thing is, the reality is money doesn't bring happiness. I have had days of eating ramen and not being sure where the next meal was going to come from. Well, maybe not quite sure, maybe not quite that bad, but close. We've had, we've had seasons that have been very, very difficult financially. We've had hamburger helper. Yes, there you go. Well, yeah, I went through college on ramen and Kraft mac and cheese. 
the off-brand of cough, crack, mac and, mac and cheese, because that's cheaper. And we've also had times where we've been very financially well off. The reality is you need enough money to be able to live, to cover your needs. But happiness is not wrapped up in money. You know, statistics will say, you know, once you get before beyond 75% or $75,000 in income, the happiness level, the satisfaction level doesn't go up. So I've learned that in the situation that I'm in, you know, to work hard, to produce what I can, you know, obviously to cover our needs. But then I find for me, money becomes then a tool to accomplish what I want to accomplish. So, so for us, I, I think for me, the, the, the finances are not a real driver for me. I am much more motivated by making a difference, by changing lives. I mean, back in my nursing days, the reason we homeschooled our kids was much more, well, you don't homeschool your kids because you want to make money. Yeah, they don't pay very well for <laughs> No, that. they don't. No. But it was about making a difference and making an impact. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that, I don't know, Derek, you want to jump in there? I yeah. may have some other thoughts I may throw in. That's all right. I, I, yeah. I think for me, I, I, I look at different seasons of life as well. I mean, I, I have a family, and so the seasons of having a family dictate a lot of times what, what needs are. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the I have sure. enough. And I can remember being staunchly in the camp uh, early in, in my working career, like, money doesn't matter to me at all. And I kind of stood on that soapbox of, like, I'm just going to be the guy who says, I'm not going to worry about money. Hey, that's great. The rent is due. You have children <laughs> yeah, who have, like, there's a, there's a balance there. And I think, how do I define the line of, of do I have enough? I think I, I live in that tension all the time. So for me, the things that, that weigh out on both sides of the aisle are being really in tune with my family as they grow and being able to listen. Mm. Um, the needs of my wife, the needs of my boys are different from my own needs. Mm. You know, I can be a very simplistic black and white person and drives my wife up a wall sometimes because they're like, I just don't need it, I'm fine, and I move on to the next thing. Um, but there's reality there. Like, they have personalities and they have needs, and there's times when I have to be in tune with, you know what, I, I should maybe think about making a move for more money, and that doesn't make it wrong because I'm listening to my family, what God has given me, and I'm like, huh. I should probably be in tune with the fact that my boys are getting a little bit older, and there's a need there, a, a physical need for one. They eat a ton more now. Like, <laughs> I have to be aware of that, and God's given me that responsibility. You know what? Care well for your family, Derek. Mm -hmm. That's important. Mm -hmm. um, another thing I thought of is, is just that, that desire for more than on top of that, you know, and the desire, like, should I need, should I be filling all my time? Because if I work a ton, then we'll just have all that extra and then we'll be ahead, which I don't even know what ahead looks like because I've never been there. And um, you'd never ever get there. Right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But right. the compulsion inside me that says, I have downtime, therefore I should work. I have downtime, I should be earning more income. I could, you know, I had a season two summers ago where I went and got a second job for the first time in a long time because we had a few extra things going on in the summer and I thought, you know what, it's not a bad thing. I can, a little more. And it was fine. For four months or so, I had a second job, and it was good. It served our family well. But you know what? There's a sacrifice there that I couldn't make up the dollars for. And my, my wife was quick to point it out by the end of the summer, like, hey, we're good. Can we just can we put that aside? Can you come back to being home on a Monday morning? Because I kind of miss you, and it's sort of nice when you're around. That kind of... So that balance there, that line of enough is, am I providing well? But is there also some of those non-dollar things that are in the scales there for me? And so that's the tension that I... Well, and, and I love that because the thing is, I know, I know about you, Derek, that you're very intentional about your life and the way you live life. So I think there's real value in looking at what you want to accomplish, what God's called you to do, mm -hmm. and it will change with the seasons, mm -hmm. especially for those of you with young kids, you know, or it depends on the season of life that you're in. Look at what does God want you to do? 
What's he calling you to do? What are you called to accomplish? Okay, will more income be important on that? If so, then get busy. Yeah. On the other hand, there's also a time to say, you know what? Time is much, much more valuable than money. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you're going to have to cut us off because you know yeah. Derek and I will go yeah. all day. Well, no, the, the good news yeah. about this is we have four topics. And you guys can preach a sermon on each one of these. And they're planning to be here till 2. Right. Well, right. they have yeah. tomorrow off. So Good I'm figuring point. if we go tomorrow to 11 o'clock, it's really a wash. That's a great like, point. How many of you know right? that Derek and I could go till tomorrow at yeah, 11 o'clock? So, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, good stuff, guys. And, and I think one advice I had had received when I was in a season of we don't have enough money. The bank account is going the opposite direction mm-hmm. each month. Um, our needs were, were, were cut back. We don't have cable. We don't have cell phone. We don't have, you know, we, we are living as bare bones as we can. Um, you know, what, I reached out for some advice and the advice I got was it's easier to control your expenses than your Absolutely. income. Mm-hmm. So yep. focus on your expenses, not as much as your income. But, um, but yeah, I think that was something that helped me uh, kind of through that. All right, let's jump into the next one here, identity. Work can give us identity. It's the it's question, you know, it's, it's the second question that anyone will ever ask you when you meet somebody. Hey, what's your name? <laughs> what do you do? And what you do is your work. You know, and it's, it's part of our identity. Not necessarily a bad thing. Obviously, doesn't should not be our identity, but it is part of our identity. And at the end of life, we want people to, to know us more for our character and who we are than necessarily what we did. And so there's this tension there between, okay, how do I balance um, this, the work that needs done, I have a task that needs done. If I don't, I will get fired because they hired me to do this task. Uh, yet, I want people to know me for my character and this balance and this tension that we have as, as believers. So we'll go to the polls here. My primary, my primary focus at work is a task that needs done. And yeah, great, you know, 83% uh, agree with that, 16% disagree with that. I don't know what they think their task is. Like we didn't, the, the question doesn't go there. So if they're thinking Facebook is the other part of that, I'm, I'm not quite sure. Uh, or if they're thinking their spiritual life, I can't, can't answer the, that, that question. The, the craft does not speak to that. Um, my work life and my spiritual life intersect. Rarely, 24%, uh, sometimes 41%, often 36%. I was, I was kind of encouraged by this chart here a little bit, that people do see their faith and that what they're doing kind of working together there. That was kind of, kind of encouraging. Uh, really, only 24% are like, man, there's nothing there, you know. Um, so that's okay. Um, I thought that was, that was pretty interesting there. So question to you guys. How do you balance this tension between doing my job, what I'm hired to do, and yet being a person of character and I want people to remember me for my character? Easy question, very fluffy. Yes, Just, exactly, you know. exactly. Take it away. I'll sure. let you dive in first. Sure. I think, I think for me, one, it's, it's continually a struggle. I, I don't want to make it sound like I've arrived anywhere because I haven't, but there's a the couple different balance acts that I do all the time is thinking about the tasks versus the relationships that I'm building with people and, and how do I balance those and how do I allow those things to intersect. God, God has been working with me on this for a long time. And I, don't, 
I don't know where this, this core sin issue probably is for me, but it's, frankly, it's what my identity is, is can be wrapped up so much in accomplishing stuff in the workplace. Mm-hmm. And the example that I go to a lot is I used to be very driven by how much I could get done or volume sold in mm-hmm. one day. And I can sure. remember, and I talk to you about this all the time, I'd go home and be like, you have no idea how much blah, blah, blah we sold today or how much we did with this. And, and she was always very impressed. Oh, I'm, like, I'm wow. Like, oh, God. That was amazing. Me in. Yeah. And I found a ton of identity in that, and, and I still do to a certain degree, but she, she knows now, like, I, I speak about it a little bit differently. Like, I just don't get as fired up for the fact that, ha, I did this. We did, like, my, I, I accomplished those tasks mm-hmm. today. There's a little bit more, I think, depth in how I spend my time in, in building relationships with people, and, and that is more the depth that I'm looking for now versus the task. That was the one kind of tension I had. The second tension I had was, looking at what I'm doing uh, as having depth, not necessarily that um, I, I had to have my job entirely be um, an investment in people. So for instance, mm. some of you know I used to work at the church for a little while, and I will never forget when my wife and I came to the conclusion that I should no longer work at the church. It was one of the hardest decisions I had to make. And I remember standing in the youth room and saying to the students and the parents, <laughs> I'm done. I can't do this anymore. My family needs me more. And I, I want to tell you I can do this. Because until that point, I just put stuff in my basket. Like, I can do it. I, I promise you, God gave me the tools. I can do this. And I had to say, I can't. And that was really, really hard for me. And I remember leaving there, kind of tail between my legs, thinking, God, I thought this is where we were going. Isn't this where we were, we were going, right? We were going that. And he made it very clear to me, Derek, yes, I need you to invest in people still. But it's going to be over here now. And so now, you know, this doing in the workplace, I, I want to be this person for people. And it was a hard thing for me to recognize, you know what, it might not be in church. But mm-hmm. Derek, I still have tons of ministry for you to do over here. Yeah, good stuff. Well, and it comes back to that point that you made at the beginning, that for most people, their first connection to Jesus is not walking through the doors mm-hmm. of this church. Mm-hmm. It's talking to Derek at the market. Mm-hmm. Or it's talking to you in whatever job that you do. And, you know, for those of you that were at the, the funeral services for Paul Wrights this week, hmm. those of you who know Paul know that the accomplishments he made in his career were formidable. I mean, he really did accomplish a lot, but that's not, I mean, people mentioned it in passing, mm-hmm. but that's not really what they were focused on. They focused on how he made them feel when he was with them. And that's what people find to be really attractive. You know, the, the thing is, like, when you look at this, whatever that survey was back there that said, you know, people feel like they do or don't have a spiritual aspect to their work. You might be in a line of work that has really no direct spiritual, I mean, the, you know, the work that you're doing now, it's not, you know, like, I'm in a, the relationship business, so there's a spiritual component mm-hmm. to that. Yours does not directly nope. sound that way. Nope. But the thing is, I have no doubt that when Derek talks to people, they hear Jesus. Because mm-hmm. when you're full of Jesus, Jesus kind of leaks out. And so I would encourage you that in whatever role that you're in, wherever God's put you, whether you're, you know, mama's in the home raising babies, raising young children, you've got a real mission there. So figure out what God's called you to to do. And yes, the tasks are important, Mm -hmm. but I would say that who you are as you do those tasks is what will be attractive to people and Again, it starts with a relationship. So if you've built the relationship, they know you as someone who's trustworthy, who's kind, who cares about them. 
they also too will want to have, you'll have an opportunity then to be able to tell them about Jesus as well. Yeah, true. Very good. Very good. Awesome, guys. Let's keep moving. We're going into purpose here. Um, purpose, you know, without, without purpose, without intent, without a, you know, a, a, we can feel very worthless. We can feel very empty um, when uh, depression can kind of come in, when you don't feel a sense of purpose for why you get out of bed in the morning and, and go to work and it's just kind of blah and, and so but and work can offer us that purpose um, from something to achieve a goal to meet uh, whatever and we can be running after those things and sometimes those things are good and sometimes those things can be bad because we're running after that thing um, but at the end of the day we want people uh, we want what's really important to us and, and what what really should be driving us what really should be our purpose not not necessarily a certain accomplishment or yeah I'm going to you know reach this sales goal or whatever kind of thing. That's a purpose, but it shouldn't be our main person, uh, purpose as a follower of Christ. Um, so let's go to the polls here. Um, I dread getting out of bed and going to work. This one, again, I was scared because early polls were like, no one dreaded it. And I'm like, guys, come on, Some, someone be honest. <laughs> but this one, yeah, uh, thankfully 12% uh, of people came through that often they feel this way. 47, you know, and I think yeah, that's probably a, a true thing of like most of us, there's times where we just kind of dread getting out of bed and going to work. Uh, and then 41, great for you guys, man. Hey, I'm up and at them, going and getting them. So good. Maybe those people fill out polls. <laughs> that's the moral of that story. The, um, my job feels meaningless. Um, here again, good. 65% rarely ever feel that way. Um, you know, 30, 26% sometimes, and 10% often feel like their job is meaningless. So you guys... What's the reason that you get out of bed in the morning? Coffee? It's the coffee. No. Coffee. <laughs> well, I think I, I kind of alluded to that earlier in that, and I, and I didn't mean to make it sound like earning money's bad. I'm, mm. I'm a fan. But it is not what gets me out of bed in the morning. Getting out of bed in the morning to change lives, to impact lives, to look for the people who need me, yeah, I'll, I'll run through fire for that. And I find that, like for me... Not back in the motel maid days, because I was young and foolish then, okay? But in most of my jobs since then, you know, in nursing, in homeschooling, in what else did I do? Radio DJ Radio thing. Yeah. DJ. Yeah. You still like that DJ I thing, do don't like you? That. <laughs> um, but I'll tell you, in all of those positions, the work that I was doing was so meaningful to me that I would have done it for free. Fortunately for Cliff, I did educate our children for free. <laughs> right. But, but I and think. Fortunately for Cliff, you did the other things not for free. So exactly. I, I, I exactly. Yes. Yeah, see, that's it. We've done both. Mm -hmm. um, so, so for me, it has always been really important for me to find something that I can see meaning and purpose in, something that I feel that God's called me to do. Now, you might be in a job that doesn't feel like that but you have the same opportunity that I have to watch for the people that are hurting, for watch for the people that need just a little extra kindness um, and, and meet them where they are. And I think that's just, that's following what Jesus taught, has yeah. taught us to do. Huge. Yeah, I, 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 you touched on where I wanted to go here. Which oh, sorry. Is, it's okay. <laughs> All right. Actually, um, you can embellish it now. <laughs> sure. Um, so you're done. Thank you. Dave. Yeah. There we go. The, uh, <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, you know, I'm, thinking about wh where am I finding value? You know, I, let me just describe to you my job in, in a nutshell for the most uh, we make and sell food. Uh, sometimes I drive a food truck. It can be 140 degrees in there. Um, we make sandwiches. Uh, sometimes I have to clean grease traps. Sometimes I have to wash dirty mats. Okay, those are the tasks that might happen to me on any given day. 
There is not eternal value in me coming home sweaty after being the food truck all day long. Okay? There's just not. So are there mornings when I don't feel like getting up and standing in a truck that's 140 degrees for six hours? Yes. There are many, many mornings when the alarm goes off. <laughs> I, just don't, I don't feel it. So let's be real. There are days when we don't feel like getting out of bed to do our job. So what is it for me? What is it for me that says, you know what, I'm willing to do that right. stuff? Right. It, it, for me, and this is where I would encourage you to be prayerful and be like, God, my job is weird and I don't see the value because I see cows and I see corn or I see IBM or I see just whatever it is. Like, God, where is the value that you're going to put me in? How can I make it? So for me, it is I have people. I interact with a ton of people on my staff in the ages of 17 to 25. I have a boatload of them. You know what? God has opened up doors, I, not because I do anything incredible, but because I'm an adult who puts them in a place to succeed, and I tell them that they can do tasks in their job. I'm passionate about that kind of stuff. So you know, those mornings when I'm like, oh man, it's 90 and humid, which means the truck is going to be miserable. <laughs> what? Okay, I could focus on that. And there are times when I do, don't get me wrong, because the sweat is dripping like that. But there's more times that I'm like, you know what, I also get to work with that young guy. And I get to show him what it means to be diligent in my job now so that when we're done, he goes, man, I didn't hear you complain once. I'm like, yeah, you know what, because this is an awesome thing we get to do. Did I make a small impact in that kid's life? I hope so. You know, and if I can do that day after day, week after week, week after, or year after year, that is value for me. That is purpose more than, you know, hey, we mm -hmm. sold 800 burgers yesterday, which we did, by the way. <laughs> Good. <We wanted laughs> because he is still task-focused, yeah. uh-huh. That's what that is. Well, and you know, there, do I have one minute yet? Sure. Okay. Yeah, he says begrudgingly. Because it's going to be two. Okay, yeah, he knows me. Some of you are in jobs that are kind of draining your souls dry. Okay. I would encourage you if you're in that position and you don't want to be there, like in a, in a position that's draining your soul dry, to connect with somebody that you see who's living their life purposefully, somebody that you see modeling Jesus, somebody that you see who's making a difference, get together with them and say, okay, maybe I can't do your job. Maybe I don't want to go make sandwiches and stand on a truck, because trust me, I don't, okay? But, but tell me, Derek, how is it that you do this mm -hmm. and find meaning in the job that you're in? Because I'll tell you, the people that are doing that, they would, mm -hmm. they would love to talk with mm -hmm. you, because they've been very deliberate about how they've made those choices, yes. and they can help you with that. That's awesome. I'm glad yeah. we gave you an extra five minutes for that, because that, that is good. No, you, <laughs> Wait a minute. You, you hit Okay, that was not five. No, okay. no, no, you did a great job there. And that's, uh, they're so, so true. And, and I would even, to, to piggyback on that, if you can find someone in your industry that's doing even that, is even better. Mm -hmm. yep. um, because they can speak the same language, mm -hmm. like, yeah, I know what you're going through. I know that this truck is 140 degrees, but hey, this is how I do it. And it's huge. Um, but I'd be willing to say that somebody who's working in a retail store in air right. conditioning, not like Derek on his right. truck, not like me working as a coach. We still have commonalities. Oh, yeah, definitely. And definitely. Yeah. Yep. So if you can't yep. find somebody in your industry, right. talk with. Still searching. Yeah. Great. That kind of leads into the last one, which is influence. Um, basically, our voice of influence. Different levels of accomplishments, different levels of, of um, just achievements give us a voice of influence, um, whether it's in our industry or just in general. Um, successes give us influence. 
Um, there's, there's times where it's just peer-to-peer, where you're in an entry-level position, and there's a peer-to-peer influence that is so different dynamic. It's, that's interesting, because I kind of walk through all of those, of you know, the buddy in the shop floor and the conversations that can happen there freely. And then you know, when you're, the, you're, bought there, you know, you're their boss, it's kind of like, I agree, we can't talk about that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, or it's like, no, if I do talk about God to you, it's like, oh, well, you're my boss, I gotta listen or I get fired, you know? So it's just awkward. But there are different levels of influence um, in, in that work provides, and it can look different. So go to the polls here one last time. I feel I have no significant spiritual influence in my workplace. This I was encouraged with as well. Only 20% were like, hey, I, I kind of agree with that. But um, you know, 80% of the people are like, no, I, I feel like there is a significant, a spiritual significance to my work, which is awesome. Uh, it helps that it was all pastors that filled the survey out. No. <laughs> I don't know how to share my faith within my work environment. This one too, across the board. Um, you know, most people are kind of in the neutral realm. I think I probably can or whatever. Um, 16% or I agree with that, but uh, 35% or, or disagree. Hey, yeah, I, I think I can, I can share that and I see that. Um, so my question to the panel here, last question is, what advice would you give to someone here who uh, wants to be an influencer at whatever level they're at, they want to be that influencer, what, what advice would you give? This is kind of coming off the Solomon series of the wise. Yeah. Kind of, you know, yeah. What advice would you guys give mm-hmm. to, to someone who wants to be an influencer? Before we give you the advice, this has been interactive, right? We could be interactive with yes. them, right? They don't have mics. How many of you are currently in a position of influence? Live poll. Like hands up high, yeah, okay? Be bold, be strong. How many of you would li- are not in a position, do not see yourself in a position of influence now? Thank you, thank you, see my, yeah. How many of you would like to be in a position of influence? <laughs> Two. Now, here's what I got for you guys. That's awesome. This is your challenge. You all are currently in a position of influence. There are people who are looking to you every day. They see how you interact. They see what you do. You are currently in a position of influence. And what I'd encourage you to think about is, okay, I've got this influence. Mm-hmm. Now what am I going to do with it? Derek, tell them. <laughs> <laughs> Good lead-in. Yeah, that is awesome. Great. Yeah, set them up. Yeah, I think for a moment, I, I'd like to speak as though we were in the workplace right now, because this is what I tell my team all the time. Like, you know what? You might be, this might be your first day, and you don't have a ton of influence on your first day. But I tell you what, you can influence a choice that I'm going to make about you by the way you act in the workplace. And so how about this? How about you pay attention to the small stuff? Just do what I ask you to do. Pay attention to those details. That is a huge thing, because now you are influencing the way that I am going to compensate you, move you up in the future. You might not be able to influence people beneath you, but the way you act is going to influence my choices moving forward. And then if you are in a position where you've been around for a little bit, and so you're doing the small stuff, and you're like, hey, you know, I'd like to have a better influence on, on my peers or whatever, a couple things that I would get throw out there. Listen mm-hmm. and be authentic. Mm-hmm. You know, so I have had an opportunity to, to slowly take on more tasks over my years in doing and, and being in this industry. And I've, I, people have asked me a few times, well, what, what is it about you? Why have you had success? And I'm like, it's not because I'm smart. It's not because I'm not well-educated because those things are not actual. Those are not facts about me. But here's what it is. I, I work hard to be very authentic, and I work hard to listen well to the people around me. And so think of it in the reverse, okay? Think about if you've worked for somebody who is not authentic and who has not listened well to you. Do you have a desire to work for that person much longer? Chances are no. So as I have led small teams of people, I've tried to listen and be authentic. 
what do you guys need? How can I help you do your job better? You know, something I always ask my crew, or I desire for my crew anyhow, is I don't want to be the boss who, when you show up, they're like, great, Derek's here, which means our work is 10 times harder today. No. I want to be the guy who shows up, like, man, I'm so glad Derek's here, because he's going to jump in and do the little things that make our lives easier. So how do I be a better influencer? Well, I, I listen to people. I, I try and be authentic with people. And whatever the small tasks are, I try and do them well. Because trust me, in the workplace especially, but anywhere, frankly, people are watching you. And if you say out of your mouth, hey, here's the company model for doing it, but me as the leader never do the company model for doing it, uh, your team's going to pick up on it. Yeah. And you're never going to have an opportunity to influence mm-hmm. more people. Yeah. Well, and I think on that whole, you know, like I loved what you said about, you know, jumping in doing the little stuff. There is nothing quite so compelling as someone who is in a leadership or a role or a position of influence who has a servant's heart. That servant leadership thing across the board will pull people to Jesus faster than anything else, I think. And when it's done in the context of relationship with somebody that they can trust, okay? But the, the other thing that I'd suggest is... Take a look at the life that God's given you. Uh, I am of the mindset that this life is a precious gift, and I know I'm preaching to the choir here. You guys agree with me on that. This is a precious gift that God's given to me and to all of us. And I want to use this time that I've been given in the best way that I can. And so I'd encourage you to take some time to think, you know, maybe actually with a pen and a paper and start writing down, you know, what do I think I'm called to do? How would I like to make an impact? And when you get a picture of that and see God's voice in all of that, when you get a picture of that, I'd encourage you to connect with somebody who is already making a difference. Get yourself in a mentorship role with them. You know, we're better when we walk together on this. So find another believer, walk with them and say, look, here's what I think God's calling me to do. How do I get there? You know, watch the leaders in your life, the people that are making a difference. What do they do? How do they respond? How and imitate that. You know, I remember when Tim Rogers first came here as a brand new pastor, and I would watch him in stressful situations, and I would look at the way he responded in situations that could have made him angry, only that's not how he responded. And I thought, I was just crazy impressed with that. And I thought, huh, I'm going to start working on imitating that. Okay, that's a simple step. Anybody can do something like that. But, but follow what you're called to be mm-hmm. and take the steps to get yeah. there. Good, good stuff, guys. I, I think for, for me, the advice I would say is, is first of all, be positive. It is it's very easy, and you can do this across different peer levels. Uh, stuff, you know, things happen in the workplace that no one likes. They happen. Be that positive voice. Um, be that person. It's, it's easy. It is so easy to find the negative in things and harp and just jump on the bandwagon. I'm like, oh, blah, blah, yeah, they should have done that. It's so easy. Be that positive voice, but also, along with what you were saying, be real. Be authentic. Don't be the, always the, the pie in the sky that the ground, you know, never really touch the ground kind of thing. Be real. You know, when things are terrible and things are down, call it out. Be what it is. But also just have that positive, but yet I know, you know, that things can get better. Uh, and just be, and people are drawn to that. Oh, yeah, they identify with me. They're real. They're authentic. But there's hope there. Mm-hmm. I want to listen to that person. All right. Well, thank you, guys. Thank you. I appreciate you guys it's been fun in here Thank this you. has been awesome i didn't realize that i'm kind of putting a food truck guy and a health coach together huh you got something healthy there right yeah that yeah yeah uh, <laughs> the water that's that might be about it. 
Christ. I've seen pictures on Instagram. Yeah, they're not advertising, Helva. It, it's yeah. not the salad, It looks huh? good, yeah. but uh, yeah, you might have to call Shirley when you're done. But, uh, uh, but no, yeah, thanks for playing nice. Thank you. Not throwing each other under the bus here, our privilege. But hey, guys, what a privilege we have to work. What a privilege we have to, to be together with people at all different levels in their faith journey and to be a representative of Christ. And what it, it's, it's sobering uh, when we think about that, but it, it just I encourage you, be real, be authentic, be purposeful, be intentional, um, and man, just enjoy the season that you have, where God has you, where he's placed you. And so thanks for this time. I, I hope that you got something out of it here. I, I appreciate your patience and your grace uh, in a little different format here this morning. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity that we had to gather and just talk about um, just what it looks like to live out our faith uh, in front of you, Lord. And so I just, uh, I pray that you continue to give us courage to step into things. I pray that you give us the strength to step into things. I pray that you give us wisdom to be able to see uh, areas around us that we can be an influence and, and just to uh, the wisdom to, to find people, to mentor us as well, to reach out and live life together. Um, and Lord, just as, as you call us deeper and deeper uh, into relationships with you, just more and more surrendering ourselves, uh, then your, your spirit just continues to just lead us in that way. Um, just, uh, Lord, I just thank you that you are with us and you are present and that you guide us. Uh, Lord, I just pray, uh, just bless everyone here that is just um, in the workplace, signing their light for you. And it's in Jesus' name I pray.